doing jumping jacks in the shower and stuff, you know, the normal stuff. This is From the Ground Up, the story of me starting my reptile business. Yeah. All right. I guess we'll get started. Okay. We're not going to talk to ourselves. people on Instagram. (laughs) Hey, guys on Instagram, if you want better audio quality, YouTube is always a little bit better. But this is, what's the number, 36? 36. And we are going to talk a little bit about some updates of our breeding season and updates of all other stuff that's going on. Yeah. Also. it's obviously just the two of us. Yeah. I was about to say that. (laughs) <laughs> For the last, like, mm, what, four, three, four weeks, we've had guests on here, but today it's just back to the two originals, not as exciting. Yeah, uh, but next week we will have on Dr. Travis Wyman, who is a geneticist, so we will get to talk about all different things gene-wise, and it may get a little scientific up in here. And so, is he, like geneticist of a bunch of shit like he does only snakes i think what he does professionally is he works in a lab with plants i believe but he also breeds ball pythons so how boring does that sound studying the genes of plants all the time you asshole i mean (laughs) he might think my job is boring to each his own no your job is just annoying okay again to each his own but, but to me, studying plants in a lab all day, I don't know. All right, Whatever. but it's also half of what genetics go into a lot of what goes on in the hobby now. Yeah. So it's just, well, I guess if you're into snakes at the level that most of us are there listening or watching, you get into genetics at one point or another, whether you like it or not, because you're breeding why does my voice crack when it's just <laughs> it's us? It's only though? when it's just us. When the other I people think because are... I'm just not talking as much when the other people are here. But that's very the true. thing is like, yeah, we're gonna get into genetics <laughs> as far. Evan you know, says plants are badass. I mean, and I think he does like pitcher plants and stuff, which is cool. What pitcher plants like carnivorous plants? Well, I don't know. We can talk about it, but okay. <laughs> well, either yes. way, it's like really cool that he's gonna come on because um, there was a thing that came up on a group in on facebook so i wanted to get his opinion on it so what happened is someone i'm just gonna be very vague with i don't want (laughs) to throw names out there and shit so someone in um a the colubrid classifieds posted a palmetto corn snake which palmetto is um it's a favorite i have but it's (laughs) basically an incomplete leucistic snake as far as it's white it's the closest thing we have to leucistic in corn snakes but it's white with you know, specks of the animal's natural color. So is it? Is there another name? Is it also called the candy cane, or is that something different? No, that's something totally different. Okay. You're is right. there? Sorry, I just couldn't remember if there's another name for palmetto. No, okay. palmetto. So just palmetto. Snakes. So the, someone posted a palmetto with bug eyes. Um, for what we're seeing at this point, um, from people I've talked to, I heard it from Don Soderberg. Also heard it from guys we talked to at NARBC. Um, we're looking at about ten percent of the rat snakes are coming out with these bug eyes. Now the guy was selling it for like a good amount of money. So it came down to like, is it, is this 
uh, do you cull all the animals with big eyes? Do you what? Cull meaning kill. Oh. We went over this word before, but sorry. Do you cull all the ones with big eyes? And do you, or do you breed them out, or do you sell them as pets? And then as pets, how much are they worth as pets? How do you make sure that people don't breed them in the future? Why do you need to stop people from breeding them in the future? It's just bug eyes. Right, but their idea is that bug eyes will produce more bug eyes, and you have more chance of bug eyedness. But is it a really, is bug eyedness? Oh, sorry. <laughs> is bug-eyedness a bad thing? Like, to me, it's just a thing. Like, having... Um, I mean, I'm like, sure it's detrimental to a certain degree if they get really big. I mean, it's just something we don't want, right? It's okay. You want your animal to look normal. But, but it's definitely not the need to kill it. Right, right. But you can't trust people to not breed it. If you're going to sell it, people are probably going to breed it. But the fact is that, I mean, is it even... Does it even matter? So genetically speaking, will you pass down more bug eyes to that animal? So that's what I talked to. That's why, well, there's people arguing. And then I said, I think it's always going to be present in palmettos no matter what you do. Like, just, it's going to be there. But um, some other people said you have to outcross them because the bug eyes are due to inbreeding. But what I'm thinking is that every corn snake mutation, most of them, 90% of them are recessive, which means that you need two animals carrying the traits that are basically related at some level because it's coming from one animal. So you're basically inbreeding in order just to make any recessive mutation. Then why aren't we seeing Mm -hmm. these bug eyes in all the other recessive mutations? Well, I got – because I didn't want to argue it because – Whatever. Just arguing <laughs> bullshit because you're talking to a bunch of people who aren't basing their argument in science. <laughs> Evan, and either am I at that point. Evan says bug eyes are ugly as fuck. <laughs> but, I mean, either am I basing my opinion in science at that point. But I think that it's not going to matter. So I talked to Dr. Travis Wyman, and he said, um, he said that the way – melanin is dispersed as far as you know leucistic is the obliteration of all the melanin in the animal it's a pure white snake so the delivery system of how that gene works um i should have popped up his my conversation with him before so i could sound not stupid but basically the way it works is the same um pretty much the same cells that are giving the color that are fucking telling it not to produce melanin are also what goes into formation of the eyes. So you see a lot of the leucistics also have malformations of the eyes because that's just the way the the mutated gene kind of works. And that's is that across all snakes, just in corn snakes? He said that he sees it something also in blue-eyed leucistic and ball pythons. And I didn't even know about that, but, I mean, we were kind of talking about it because – we were um, – because I was like, you know, why aren't people talking about that in ball pythons? And then we kind of agreed that no one talked about it in palmetto. No one talked about it – well, some people talked about it in palmetto, mm-hmm. but they're saying you can outcross it to get it out just because they're selling their projects. So he said he thinks he it is something that's basically baked into the very just gene, nature it's, uh, of the way that right. the mutation works. Um like I mentioned in that little argument, which wasn't an argument because I didn't want to argue about it because I would rather have, 
you know, a PhD in genetics <laughs> coming in and tell you this fact straight up. But I mean, you're working with a bunch of genes that are like broken in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. That's why the color is different. I mean, normal genes, a normal snake with normal genes. I mean, if you think it changes color in a snake, maybe it changes something else, you know? it doesn't always just change the color of a snake. Like how could we get so lucky that every mutation just does one thing outside appearance Mm -hmm. of the snake? I mean, there's so many different things that work together. Right. That we don't take into account because we don't really care because we're just breeding snakes for For color. So, yeah. So that's, we'll get more into that, you know, with him because I would rather have a much better scientifically, based person <laughs> argument about this you know i'm no um, de- geneticist but i can tell you what i've seen in the hobby in the past because leucistic rat snakes also have this bug-eyedness gotcha and um i forgot about it in palmettos but steve from smt i talked to him and he said do you know anything about the bug eye in palmetto i didn't know that it happened and i said you know i don't think it will persist in the future because i have outcrossed animals but i take my opinion back yeah now you think it's and then gonna now continue? i want to tell everyone i don't give a fuck so evan asks he said so is it something that's inherited or is it just a deformity the bug-eyedness so um the way he explained it was that um it's kind of just happenstance it's kind of a reaction to the way the gene works the mutation works So, and then also he mentioned that, you know, genes don't work as far as this goes in an on and off. So you don't either have bug eyes or you don't. You have a a variation of bug eyedness. So you have, it's a dimmer from high to low, he was Mm -hmm. saying. So you can get anywhere on the spectrum. So it's not necessarily this animal has no bug eyedness. So I could breed it to one that has no bug eyedness. And And then you're going to get no bug eye. The chance is still going to be there because you're opening the door to this mistake happening because. Because of the leucistic gene, right? Right. Oh, my God. So if. I need need (laughs) to actually bring it up so that I can stop um, being very vague about it. Okay. Because I want to use the actual words he used. Well, let me repeat what I think my understanding is. When you're <laughs> okay. breeding any leucistic snakes, that gene that makes it leucistic, for some reason in the snake body, also controls how the eyes are formed. Right. So when that gene is working to for- to give the snake whatever degree of leucistic, what is it? Leucism. Leucism. Oh, I was about to say leucisticism. That's not the right. What when the gene is working to give the snake whatever degree of leucism, it's also working to give it whatever degree of bug-eyedness that it's going to give it. Correct. Kind of. And I, I kind of had to ask him a million questions after as well, which is okay. why it'd be good to have him on here because it's like I'm making sure I got this right. So. What he says is with leucistics and possibly palmettos, because that's the closest thing we have at this point, um, the mutation is one that affects the migration of melanocytes. So I'm guessing that's <laughs> melanocytes, what we moves know around big melanin words. as the embryo develops. Most people know that melanocytes are pigmentation cells, but very few know that they also act as traffic cops during <laughs> embryonic development, sort of pointing other cells where they need to go. When you snafu the melanocytes, meaning the leucistic mutation, um, they cannot effectively direct traffic, and the other cells go awry. And one of the places melanocytes 
due traffic duty is in the formation of the eye. Okay. With that in mind, it is not then difficult to understand why the bug eye phenotype pops up in leucistic morphs. Because it messes up that traffic direction. Right. Because, and then as for why it does not always happen, melanocytes are not the only cells that direct traffic. So there may be some type of safeguard in place to where, you know, it's directed correctly by all the other ones. I'm lost. You're doing all right. So the, the signals and genetics are not simply turn on and off, but are sort of a dimmer up and down. And how far up or down the dimmer is turned can be impacted by any number of genes. That can also be turned up or down by still more genes. With the bug eyes, you have a situation where one signal is dropped out and some others are tuned wrong, which causes the eyes to develop incorrectly. The robustness of the genome means that this only happens on a lower frequency rate. That was no, I got none (laughs) of that. So, but, so I think it's always going to be there. You can, you can increase your, or decrease your likelihood I guess, but when you're putting more genes on top of them, it seems that, you know, you're asking yourself to get all types of different things because right. all other things are going on. Um, but Yeah, so we will definitely get into that more next week when he's here. And, yeah, well, I mean, not I here, excuse me, like we're calling him. Um, but uh, I will definitely preface to him that we are not geneticist even close and so he's gonna have to dumb it down a little bit (laughs) well no we're gonna work from the base to the top so i mean (laughs) we're not gonna go really really basic you may be a little lost but would you consider what you just read really basic no i had to google a lot of the shit but i'm gonna i'm gonna have him break it down more than that i think but um so we're going to be first, what is a melanocyte or whatever, you know, and break it down that way. But anyway. So, um, okay. It'll be cool to have him. Yeah. Um, okay. Totally different subject, but they asked twice. So I feel bad. They asked, what's your favorite morph in ball pythons? Um, I'm not really invested in any of them. I don't really care, but pied if I had to pick one. What about you? Um, is, I don't know. I used to have a favorite, like pretty much anything banana but just all bython bythons Bythons, that's what their name should be now just bythons all bythons (laughs) just don't i don't know they don't get me excited anymore because i just see so many other ones my thing i'm there's so many other you're not immersed in it enough right to like get into it i don't want to waste oh i do like dream sickles our favorite ball i like dream sickles um, so we wanted to kind of update on what's going on <laughs> from like, cause we're breeding colubrids. So I was going to breed jungle carpets, but they're all males. So that doesn't really work like that. So, um, just colubrids this year. I'm kind of, I'm so disappointed cause I felt like I was going to have stuff to do and like play around. And now but, our whole um, fall is kind of gone. Yeah. So fall, what I'm just making sure is that females are where I want them to be. As far as if they're going to breed next year, before I get them in brumation, they need to be good to go before brumation because they're not getting any fatter while brumating, you know? So, if anything, they're getting a little bit skinnier, probably not much at all, if any, but... Keep it even. But um, I want to make sure that they're good to go so that when they come out of brumation, hammer them with food and, you know, it's not going to be a big deal for them to get all the energy to to produce eggs. Well, once they get out to produce yeah. eggs. So 
I mean, I want, I don't want to get them fat, but I want them to be not skinny. That's for sure. I want them mm-hmm. to have some insurance during that brumating time. Them. Yeah. So that's right now. So what I'm really doing is the hognos um, are a bit harder than like say the corn snakes to get Definitely. going. Such a fast metabolism. They also don't want to ever. Um, they don't want to ever eat anything that's bigger than their body. Um, not even close. That's like, for all of the ones we have. No, no. I oh. mean, I mean that's a generalization. If you're talking about ball pythons, do it about the size of their body. But um, like carpets, you're gonna do bigger than the size of their body. Um, corn snakes, you're gonna. Oh, do okay. about the size of their body, but you can do multiple prey items. But as far as hognose go, they always want to lean towards the small side. <laughs> so it's like you kind of end up giving them more meals, you know, more prey items. And then you also have to give them prey items every two to three days because their metabolisms are so fast. So it's been a hustle because during, during the other months, you know, you don't have to stress it if they're mm-hmm. eating or not eating. But during these months, it's so important to get them ready. That I think our female is going to be easier than our male. Yeah, the male really only wants it when he wants it. As far as, <laughs> as, goes, far as so. He's so picky and random as far as when he wants to eat more or eat less. So yeah. it's like, what... What do you do if they're not? I mean, you're not about to force feed it, so it's just no, you no, just kind of you just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying to like build up that weight for. Well, he's been eating pretty good. It's just um, he didn't eat exactly what we wanted him to eat, or he didn't eat the two the rat two or the the two large pinkies. He only ate one, which is fine. Then oh, we give him one every okay. two to three days. It's just um, I also still have to scent him all the time. But um, with scenting, I'm just putting them, rolling them in tuna juice. And, um, you know, that's getting enough of a scent on there because in the wild they're going to be eating toads. So for whatever reason, tuna must smell more like a toad, you know. But and then and then my um, and then my female, she'll only eat rodents. Even if I put in like a reptilink with frog. Uh-huh. She still wants rodents. But it's consistent. Like, she'll eat. She never doesn't she'll, eat. She'll eat. She just won't eat something big. She'll just eat small things. And um, and then when she's done, she's done. <laughs> and then also, it's like, they don't know whether to hiss or strike at you. All the time. And then, you're like, you're holding the rodent, and then she'll hit it with her nose and move it out of place, and she'll try to get it with her mouth, but she's, like, not coordinated <laughs> enough to get it. <laughs> So it's like they're Why really Why are you clumsy. knocking it around if you can't get it? Yeah. Oh, they think that sock is dog shit. What? <laughs> That's what they said. They said there's dog shit by the door, but it's a sock in front of the dryer. No, they can't see that. I'm sitting in the dryer in front. No, that's what they just said, I think. No, they're talking about the the guitar stand. stand. But anyway. Okay, wait. Pause. Pause. Back it up. Someone asked, how do you do brumation living in the South? Um, It's really hard. I'm not 100% sure how I'm going to do it this year yet. And it's getting pretty close, but... um, uh, I mean, we, we do have like an outside storage place, but it's so hard because it will be 55 at night, but 90 during the day. It so will not like, be 90 in the but I'm end of right off, now it right. is. So it's like, but, but it's never, it's always a large jump in temperature. Yes. It's never um, consistent. If it was 55 to 70 every day, that's one thing, but it's always like 
during these areas. Um, maybe in November it'll be, it'll be a little bit different. I don't remember exactly what the temperature was like. Maybe it was like it's going to be different in November to, to 80. 70, but yeah, it's so can you handle 50 to 80? I'm or? really going to play it by ear. Um, I'm not sure if I want that much of a swing. I'm sure it'd be fine. But, um, you know, I may end up resorting to maybe going room temperature, keeping something a little bit colder as far as keeping um, something like 65 degrees and just not feeding and keep on water. So, I mean, if you can manipulate the amount of feeding and they realize that oh, gets shit, them I'm ready for getting, it, I'm not getting fed as much as I usually do. And then you can also replicate a little bit of a temperature drop, then that's fine. And then you can also replicate putting them in a dark room, that photo period. So, I mean, you don't have to always depend on getting to 55 degrees because quite frankly, these snakes in Miami or maybe they go to 70 they degrees, do it. but they're going to know that there's a change. They always tend to know there's a change. As long as you're going from an 85% hotspot or staying in a room that stays 80 and then all of a sudden you're 70 all the time and not eating, they're going to, they're going to get that change. And then also I want you to know that before you brumate, give it two to three weeks for your snakes to clear out because um, Ew. while they still have food in them, when you get them down a little bit cooler, they're everything Does in their body is going down. So yeah, if they have a prey, prey item in digesting at the moment, it can just basically rot in them and basically kill them. Kill right? them. Yeah. Pretty much poison them from the inside. So you want to make sure you give it two to three weeks. Good shit. If it's a hog nose, like two days now, but like <laughs> they but need really a good everyone, shit. Everyone give it two or three weeks. And then during that period, you can still, you know, maybe drop your temperatures a little bit slowly. Some people like to drop it slowly. I don't really care. I'll like just go a degree out. a day, two degrees a day. Some people two get degrees too carried a day. away with it. It's not, it's not really that important. These animals know what they're doing. So you just drop it immediately. I'd be scared to do that. Like yeah. go straight from 80 well, to I've also 60. Done, when I did it colder, I did. Um, so I usually do about 85 hotspot and then the ambient in the rooms, usually 70 to 74, depending on what room I'm in, what part of the house it's in, whatever, whatever. So usually I'll just drop it down. I'll wait the two weeks so that they're clear. I'll drop it down to room temperature for one week. And then I'll put them into brumation at okay. So you just take the hot spot off, right? And keep them just at keep room them for a week, a and, little transition. But honestly, it's probably not necessary. People do it both ways, and it works both ways. So that'd be so scary. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to just change it so quickly. I know. And someone, um, someone had called me the other day. Well, a couple of weeks ago at NERBC, and they said, "Hey, like I talked to this guy at a reptile show or some shit." And he was like, he told me if I dropped my snakes into brumation at 55 degrees, it would kill them. Well, um, well that's what live. everyone has been doing for like 40 years. So you can tell <laughs> that guy to go fuck himself. So I wonder what degrees that <laughs> guy does his brumation at. I tell you that they will not die. At 55 and degrees. That guy probably keeps ball pythons or some shit and doesn't give a shit about the natural biology of anything else other than ball <laughs> pythons or he probably doesn't know where ball pythons are from he just keeps ball pythons in a bin and i don't know i don't know someone said have you heard about this thing called the fridge trick um i have no idea what you're talking about i guess you're putting your snake in a fridge but that sounds like killing them Nah. I well mean, the freezer kills them but it sounds like is that just to get them cold real quick like what but our fridge is like what 
40 what's the temperature of a fridge 30 usually high 30s high 30s so that sounds too cold yes it's too cold but i mean just wait until they see okay person explain but but, um also someone said how old are king snakes when they start to brumate so i personally don't brumate my animals during or i don't brumate my juvenile animals um will they naturally go into something on like does something not necessarily some of them will feel it some of them won't most of them will keep on eating through so there's two ways to do it so there's a couple of thoughts here so one one thought would be that if you cycle your animals every single year from being a baby they're going to get used to that so they're going to be better breeders um Mm, to just do it always yeah but there's no control and not controlled study that would show you that it actually has an effect that it has any effect. I think you can, um, you get the advantage of feeding your young snakes and getting them well started, um, earlier through the winter. So you Mm -hmm. don't have to put them down and stop feeding them. So for me, I mean, you're, you're never going to, they're never going to gain weight in brumation. So, if especially if I have that that one hatchling that didn't want to eat until like right now, and just got her eating, um, I don't want to put her down in brumation in two months. I want to get I want to get a lot more meals into her. And I mean, some people put babies right into brumation. It works, but I really, mean, yeah, as long as you get the temperature down and as long as they're, so they're eating enough before, and their body's not expending any energy, uh-huh. then they're pretty much good to go. But um, for me, that's just uh, I just choose to do it this way. Well, part of why the people probably do it that way is because you can just if you have only colubrids, just brumate your whole room, which makes it a lot easier. <laughs> There's a lot of. I'm sorry, I'm laughing but, at um, your voice. You know, you could brumate your whole room and make your life a lot easier, which Whoa, I totally understand. Yeah, it, if you have a separate temperature control in the room, right, and if, you're okay with hanging out in 55 degrees. If you have just a snake room, then I mean, that's totally fine and that totally works. But um, that's not. That's the dream. In a way, yeah. I mean, if you could. The thing is, I don't know. It's so much easier living in the north. I mean, I'm just getting used to trying to work with the winters here. But it's so much easier in the north where you have all more you seasons. Do is like let the room do whatever it does in the winter <laughs> like just let the outside affect the inside and your life is good you don't have to make it you cold. don't have to make it cold here sometimes you know you may have to make it cold and no one wants that so it's um here sometimes sometimes in the spring and winter or the spring and summer there you have to heat it up so you expend energy that way sometimes here you have to cool it down in the winter so, you expend so there's a trade-off no matter where you a are off wherever you are um pranker 901 said if you were a millionaire would you still breed snakes um if i was a millionaire i'd have a million dollars worth of snakes yeah i think we said we were talking about that last night like i said like if we ever get like win the lottery or something like i'm gonna get this and he's like well i'm just gonna buy more snakes yeah so like (laughs) well first of all if i buy a million dollars worth of snakes maybe that turns into three million dollars and then i can sustain my life on just breeding snakes but also, like, I have zero desire for anything else in life rather than that is snakes. one of the truest statements you've ever said in your life. Like, 
you know, some other people have like other passions and snake is yeah. snakes. Like you are 100% snakes. You really don't want to do anything else. Like, like nothing I, I else. I almost <laughs> don't care about anything else. <laughs> like, like everything. Like, <laughs> like no other job interests him. So yeah, if you won a million dollars, he'd still. And then all I snakes. do when I have jobs now is I just listen and watch shit about snakes while I do that job and get paid for it. So that's just um, I have. Don't really. I mean, I have other hobbies. You could say, not Which really. Are though. I just don't care that much. Working out and reading snake books are those your hobbies? Playing, I mean, yeah, playing guitar. <laughs> I don't even put any you know, effort in into it. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. in the army. <laughs> you know, you are in the army, but only till May. Yeah, and I mean that's just such a small portion of my life. It's like kind of a weird thing where I have to turn a switch to be like who I am in the military from like being my normal regular self. That's bad. Why do you have to change who you are to be in the military? Because there's social confines that you have to work (laughs) in between. Plus, you know, you got to like, he's not normal enough. And I don't like to, I don't like to bullshit a lot. So that's part of why. I mean, the thing is you have to look good, which I mean, I always do in front of like my Joes or my privates and specialists. You're what? Joes, that's the people who are under like an NCO. You would call a Joe, a private specialist, lower. Is that weird? Because that's your name. No, I just think of it in two different contexts because they're totally not one and the same in my brain. But But you, Joes, that's you. That's weird. (laughs) But you get the damn point. So it's like (laughs) they are, you know, like I do what's right in front of them, and that might not be a hundred percent always being my normal self. Like my normal self. I don't says double dicking and banana cunts and you can't well do that. you say a lot of that stuff in the army too just not oh, around sorry. a lot of the other people you're really the most disgusting human being if you're in the army like while you're training and shit you're just yeah a okay. savage no one cares about that but as far as like I'm very very relaxed and laid back in person but there I have responsibilities that I have to get to Gotta I mean, be and also with snakes I kind of I like. I guess I don't know if I'm laid back. I'm not. You are not laid back about your snakes. I'm not like extremely detail oriented, but in some things, I just have my things. You have your things. Like yesterday, even I was trying to help you feed the snakes, and it's like, ugh, you should just do it on your own. Because I don't even remember what it was, but it was something that was so particular that like you couldn't even convey it to me. It's hard to say. Um, that pinky is gonna is a little bit small, so give it to that one. Or that pinky is a little bit big, so. Give it to that one. I could say, like, about the width of its body, but even then you're like, I'm not sure if that's the width of its body. It's like, fuck, I'll just Right, <laughs> like, you are like you can't just give me a general thing, like, give this to this animal get, or to these sets of animals. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, but this pinky's a little bit bigger, so maybe give it to this one. I'm like, fuck, like, just have a basic, I need a baseline thing. Like, you're just so back and forth. Because you've worked with them so much, you know, like certain times I want to do certain things, certain times I want to do other things. Right. So how does someone help you? But everyone keeps on bringing up double dicking. Yeah. They said they want a double dicking (laughs) shirt because we talked about that last week. I don't know. People probably get mad at me. Um, Critter Creature said the worst things I've heard said were all at Paris Paris Island Island. Boot Camp. I don't know what that is. That's where the Marines go to boot camp. 
I mean, and that's all dudes. When you get all dudes, it gets real gay, <laughs> like really quick. <laughs> it's different because MPs, we always had girls, but in the when you're in basic training, you're still with all dudes most of the time. So is it so a lot of locker room talk? It's a lot of like. Well, you all have to shower together, like shit next to each other with. Oh right, doors. you told me that there's no doors on the bathrooms. So it's in like the military. you know, eventually you're gonna be like, let's see how far I can pee away from the toilet. Oh let's my see god! If I can go on top of the stall, and <laughs> <laughs> but boys like, are the worst. And then you're gonna be like doing jumping jacks in the shower and stuff. You know the normal stuff. Just what? See your dick flop? Like what? <laughs> Why are you doing jumping jacks in the shower? <laughs> like, that gets amusing at some point, but that's pretty that's sad. That's just the weird stuff that happens. And I mean, you you get a glimpse of it when you go, even just for a little bit, and you like turn into that person again, because like you're so fucking bored, really. I mean, yeah, that happens when you're in any type of group, whether it be like. It happens with like football teams or you know any type of team. And so anytime testosterone is together, whenever you get a lot of dudes together, shit tends to get weird and gross. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to snakes. Um, Thomas Jones said he thinks he likes going by weight as far as brumation and things. I think that's what he's talking about. I wasn't sure if he meant um, feeding or brumation. Oh, oh, I don't know. Because for me, weight doesn't matter. I mean, maybe if it's a ball python, maybe you're looking for that 1,500 on a female. You know, you're looking for that 1,500 grams is a perfect amount for a female. But we're in the U.S. We don't use grams. I'm just joking. Right. But this (laughs) we're a hobby of drug dealers, so we have to operate (laughs) in, in grams. No. <laughs> Why can't we say oh, cuz they're so little we can't even say they, pounds. Yeah, it they doesn't really They don't do pounds because it's not very until specific. you're in retics and berms. And, and then it just still doesn't fucking matter cuz no one's getting that snake on a scale. True. Try to get like a retic still, on a scale. I feel scale. like when we've talked to Ryan about weight, he says or I guess it's really just a guess of how Maybe much. Maybe you get on the scale, you weigh yourself and then, and you, then you put you the hold snake, the snake on your shoulders and, and see and you, get you. Back on the scale. <laughs> I don't know, but okay. So fifteen hundred. I mean, most most keepers. If once you've been breeding a few years, you can tell when a snake's ready to go and when it's not. So, you know, for the most part, you're gonna say, "Hey, this is a good weight," or you know, this snake. You're like, "This snake's five years old, but it's small." But I mean, just some snakes are genetically gonna be smaller than others, just like humans. You know, sometimes, <laughs> especially in colubrids, I really like to get the years on. It doesn't matter. Um, the weight the weight really well he was talking about feeding and you talk while i get more because if you if you try to get to a weight with corn snakes you just make it fat um especially especially with like carpet pythons also um ball pythons are going to be different because they're just fat and they seem to do okay with being fat everything else just don't make fat um i mean still don't make your ball python fat but most people still do because um it benefits you financially to make them fat and reproduce quicker so, I mean, it's just all up to you. It's your animal. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to know your animal and read it. And then once you breed it once, you should know pretty much what the deal is. But wait, he is. said it was about feeding. He does the weight okay, on feeding. Okay, so weight, weight on feeding. Some people are really particular about, like, they want to see. I was moving it out much, of the shot. Well, I, okay. Well, <laughs> I just wanted to see, or some people want to see how. They want to weigh out each prey item and then see how much weight the snake gains and stuff. I just think that's too too much. Okay. <laughs> At some point, you just got to get on with your life and start. You just kind of got to know 
make not the... really, but like just know by look. It's, it's hard to say. I just don't care about weight at all. That's just my <laughs> only thing. I don't care. Okay. Well, then that's funny because someone it's said just, it's just like. Someone said, what's the proper weight for a corn snake? And I, But that yeah. depends on age, right? You just want to look at, like, muscle tone and stuff like that. You don't want any scale separation. That's the number one decider. Of, I've seen stuff about that, like, about people justifying see, the scales. There was something on Instagram. I don't remember. Any, um, if you see white between the scales, that snake's too fat. So uh, corn snakes should never have white between the scales. Obviously, unless they're bending and in a weird position where they the scales spread out because they're obviously built to do that. But um, you don't want your snake to be resting and there be white between every Hi, single lily scale. Hi, Lilypad. Sorry. Oh, Lilypad's on, on Instagram. Instagram. It's a new lily one. Lilypad, they were talking about you on uh, YouTube. You and, and Valiant. So, um, So, like, you just got to look at the snake. I mean, you can post it up and say... Well, no, don't do that because people will jump down your fucking throat. If yeah, don't. That's the thing. Don't it's hard ask to the get. World. In, you can send me a picture and I'll tell you if your snake's big or not or too fat or too skinny. So is this showing white for scales? Is that across the board? Like you don't, you, there should be no white seen on any snakes? No, that's what I'm saying. It's not a across the board uh, thing. Okay. I mean, it's very specific, even throughout some colubrids. I mean,. That's why that's why I hate to say that there's a rule to anything okay. because at the end of the day something's going to be the exception of that rule and that I don't want sense. someone to be like hey you told me this and it wasn't true or whatever whatever Valiant says tell my internet girlfriend to get on YouTube <laughs> she said her computer is acting up <laughs> This is so weird um but Valiant also said if they've just eaten a large prey, they could have white patine scales. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a situational um, circumstance as far as, you know, their body is going to be stretched out. That's why it shouldn't be stretched out like that normally. I mean, but that's a sign that there's a prey item in there. And obviously that's just a different circumstance. Scales, yeah. Right, right. Um, shoot, I had a question earlier and I completely lost it. But I mean, what you can do is, like I said, once you get breeding, it's not all, um, it's not one for one. So it's like, you're not doing feeding. I can't tell you feed one mouse a week for the rest of its life and everything's going to be fine. Cause why can't you say that it goes though because everything's situational it's a living animal it doesn't work on some type of schedule you can eat chicken every day for the rest of your life the same amount of chicken every day you can tell a person to eat three meals a day which is a made-up number just like we're making up numbers (laughs) because who decided to have breakfast lunch and dinner no one we made it up probably some marketing scheme to get people to eat at different different foods at different times but i mean okay conspiracy theorist well, no, it's just it's just a figment of you know human. There's a, there has to be a reason. When you, it's when reason. you wake up in the morning, when it's the middle of the day, and before you go to bed, duh. Right. So someone was just like, "I'm hungry." So this is breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We just decided to name something. But the fact <laughs> is, you can have them eat three meals a day, but one person is eating one thing and one person is eating the other. One person's eating a salad. One person's a vegan, <laughs> and they're really they're skinnier and paler. And one person is. Eating just, you know, fried foods and they're a biggin. And one person's eating, you know, lean protein and a lot of vegetables and they're somewhere in the middle. So it's like, um, 
I hate to say that there's just a justified time. And then I've been seeing more and more difference between my animals that I feed rats. Rats are going to have higher fat content than mice. So, and then I just gave one of my corn snakes a, um, gave them a reptilink. So oh, I gave her a sausage with, um, oh. frog and rabbit, which is actually a little bit of a leaner cut than I would want to actually give her. I kind of want to give her a fat rat, but, um, you gave her that, they gave it to the anery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to see how that would affect her to see if maybe she digested that differently because um, I wanted to put on weight. So, I mean, that's a more condensed food item because obviously you're grinding, you're grinding something, you're making it more dense. So you're going to get more caloric intake, but there's not as much fat in those meats. Like, like frog is a really lean meat. Mm-hmm. It's almost like chicken as far as if you've ever eaten frog. Yes. There's not much fat on it. And then um, you're talking about a rabbit, which is the same thing. It's a very lean, wild meat. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's rats not and much... mice have more fat than rabbit does. Well, look at look at you seen how athletic rabbits are, at least in the wild. When you're talking no, about, I've seen some fat, fat ass rabbits, floppy eared rabbits. That's <laughs> yeah, I've seen some. But if fat you look ones. at these ones in real life, <laughs> in real life, in real life, that aren't hanging out in a little twelve by twelve <laughs> cage with aspen in it, you know. They're an athletic animal. They're fast, and so are rats. Yeah, but I, well, you—they're just pudgier in the middle region. I don't know. I feel like I, they just, rats and rabbits look the same to me. But okay, st- it doesn't matter what they look like. It's that the studies have been done. Oh, okay, that they're more lean. <laughs> that rabbits are more lean. This isn't like my opinion. So- <laughs> if you go on like the reptiling stuff, it will tell you about all the different breakdowns of the caloric. Well, kind of general sense of what is more and less as far as fatty, and then it has a little bit of a caloric breakdown of everything. So, whoa, Valiant Chain has a very strong opinion <laughs> on rabbits. <laughs> I just spilled beer all over myself. Hot. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's just. Okay. There's... So, but she ate it, and you don't feel like she was still hungry? I mean, I feel like she's just been hungry all the time. So, also, how do we? Is that a made-up thing that we're determining, like a snake being hungry? Um, they definitely hunt and don't hunt. So, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like sometimes some are just you know poking at the front because they're into everything that's going on, and that doesn't necessarily mean they're hungry. But I feel like that's how we judge. Snakes aren't very curious as far as they want to see what's going on in your room. They're not like, hey, what is he doing the today? The jungles are moving all the goddamn right, time. Right, because it's breeding season, so they're looking for a female. So that's why they're on the move. So then and how then can you tell between that and hunger? When they're hungry, they often perch up on top of the um on the hide. So okay. they'll instead of going in the hide, they'll go on top of the hide. And then they'll kind of hang their head down, just like looking down at the ground. Like if someone is scurried past them, they're going to eat it. They have a very distinct hunting position. Okay. Core snakes, on the other hand, they're going to move around a lot when they're hungry. And like I said, um, none of them are really curious because they don't want to see humans, really. they None of them really like humans. So that's pretty much. Okay. So just simply moving around. <laughs> Yeah, and we <laughs> ate before this, so Melissa. So Melissa is gonna take a little bit longer. Uh-huh. Um, for your two thousand 
subscriber special, you should pick a random subscriber and feed them to a Burmese. We're going to well, feed Lily Pad. Let's get to 2000 first. We're so close. We want to get to Pad's 2000. Lily Pad's going to the Olive Python. Um, but wait, there's more, there's stuff I skipped. First, I would like to acknowledge that Valiant had a great explanation for breakfast. You're breaking a fast, like when you were sleeping. Yeah, that makes sense. So. It's a good. So, it makes Well, we sense. just, we just put those words together, though. Also. But I, I never thought of it like also that. Also, Lily Paz yeah. said, fuck you. <laughs> she <laughs> called me Shrek, too. Someone else called you Which Shrek. Which is exactly why she's going to the, the, the Olive Python. Um. <laughs> But Thomas Jones said, when my bull snake gets bigger, I'm going to feed a very diet rat, duck, necks, chicken necks. Well, good luck getting all that shit. Yeah, I mean, they'll pretty much eat anything. I mean, Where are you going to get all that chicken necks, duck? You going to go buy duck at the grocery store for a bajillion dollars? You can go to the Oriental um, food market and you can buy pretty much everything. (laughs) Wait, did you know that Valiant Paints will name's Paris? Really? Paris. Well, that's what Lollipad's calling him. I don't know. Maybe. And his name on Instagram is like p.xiv. I don't know. Oh, is your French? name? He lives in the UK. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <What? laughs> that's okay, weird. Okay, breaking train of thought of everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. Go back. Repeat the Oriental statement. Okay, so there's Oriental markets that they sell a lot of frog legs, duck, and a whole bunch of different stuff. For cheap? I mean, I'm not saying at a price, obviously. I mean, frog legs aren't super expensive, but I mean, you can get them there and it's not overly, it's not going to be cheaper than your commercial rat or anything like that. You know, it's not a dollar, it's not going to be a dollar 25, but I'm not sure the exact prices, but you can do it if you want to. I mean, just like, um, just like Austin was saying, he feeds his olive python chicken drumsticks. So, okay. And then so does Tony from Selective Scale. So is there scientific evidence that a very diet help does anything? Well, it's also depending on what species you're working with. So as far as a ball pythons, pretty much probably only gonna eat like African soft soft furs and that kind of stuff. They're only gonna eat ro- the rodents. So let's mm-hmm. But if you're looking at a Bull corn snake, snake oh. <laughs> if Sorry. you're looking at a corn snake, they're going to be eating, especially if they're down in Florida, mostly in knolls because that's what is mostly around there. Um, you look at a lot of the green trees, they're going to be eating mostly lizards as well just because that's what's going to be abundant. But they're also going to be they're going to be opportunistic on a lot of different birds and stuff like that, maybe even insects. So, I mean, it's obviously a varied diet for some mm-hmm. and not for others it depends on okay. your different climates and your different where they came from climates <laughs> and basically just the natural history which some snakes we just don't know enough about um so a lot of it is just natural history of what they're eating in the wild um it can be hard to know what what, what that their is feed in the mm-hmm. wild is because there's only so much research you can make inferences based on the genus or snakes around their area but I mean, even if you have snakes that are in the same exact place, so if you have a jungle carpet and then the same, a green tree python in, in Australia, you know, northern Australia, you know, that green tree is going to be in a tree all the time. And that's just that different prey options all over the place. You know, it may like 
rodents more, which translates into what we see in captivity, like like a ball python is going to be more likely. They're going to take an ASF so quickly, even in comparison to a regular rat or okay. just a regular mouse. So Just because history that's what proves they're that. Used to. I mean, that's just what they've eaten forever. We're trying to change their natural instinct to eat. Mm-hmm. So um, we are, you know... If we go with them, it makes our life easier and they'll eat it. But a lot of times we're trying to get them on the rodents because that's what we can get the cheapest and most readily. Which, I mean, we're the we're the ones buying, paying for the food. So you can't judge us for trying to get sort of cheap. Right. But if you want to try, I mean, it's cool to mix yeah, it up a little like, bit. If you can. More props to you, Thomas. Like the fact that you want to do that is awesome. I mean, I try to do that to a certain extent, but it only happens so much. Where are bull snakes found from? All over the place. So you're going to have bull snakes in the Midwest. You're going to even have them through the West. Um, And then you go way West and you're going to have some gophers in Southern California, that stuff. So So they could have a different type of diet depending on where they are. This is going to be a genus that's all over the United States. But I mean... Yeah, so it depends on if you have, you have southern bull, or yes, there's southern pines, and a lot of the northern bulls and the midwestern bulls. They're all northern bull snakes, from what I understand, but all from different places. And then I I get confused sometimes about what's a pine and what's a bull, but because they look very there similar. are northern pines in New Jersey and that kind of stuff. I don't know. I wouldn't know right offhand of where the bull is from, but I think it's right down the middle of the country. But, um, yeah, but pines and bulls and all that stuff are all similar. But, I mean, you're going to see a lot of the ones in the south. They're going to be in the pine forests or in the pine barrens or those. <laughs> I don't like even know where leaf, you're, where you're going. Pines <laughs> in the southeast or the pine barrens if you're in New Jersey. <laughs> And you're going to be feeding on a lot of rodents in there and rodent holes and stuff like that. Ooh, I just remembered my question from earlier. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's actually an answer to this, but what makes like some snakes fall breeding snakes and what makes some snakes spring breeding snakes? Uh, you can look mostly at where they're from. So a lot of your winter breeders are going to be from more moderate climates or temperate climates as far as um a lot of your snakes that don't see a lot of variance in their ecosystems so like a ball python um they're gonna breed during the winter other snakes like colubrids aren't gonna breed during the winter because they can't find food during the winter so they're not gonna be able to gain energy in order to expend energy to find a mate and or make eggs so they're gonna stay dormant in the winter and brewmate because it's you know probably below 70 degrees everywhere they are in the winter so in the wild yeah so they're just going to naturally brewmate if they're out they're dead so but it's different if you're in queensland and you're a um, jungle carpet you know you're you're still going to be in a temperate climate in Mm -hmm. the winters you're still going to be able to find food you can expend the energy to hunt for a mate and then when the babies are born and they're hatched out it's going to be in the most plentiful you know season of of all so it's going to be you know in your spring and your summer and it's going to be plentiful and your babies are going to be able to eat and you have better success rate um you know if a corn snake laid a clutch in november 
and it hatches out, which it wouldn't because it would be too cold anyway, but, Mm -hmm. and it hatches out in March, you know, there's some places, I didn't do the math on that, by the way, but (laughs) um, there's some places where, you know, you would still be way too cold to find. There's nothing to find to eat. Right. I mean, but then they do double clutch. So maybe you're getting some pretty late babies, but. And do you think, I mean, obviously evolution and all that takes eons, eons, eons. But do you think captivity has had any, even the smallest minute effect on that breeding? It's had a lot of an effect for the amount of time. You're talking about, you know, all the things you're breeding seasons and all that. That is obviously connected to the wild. Like as far as going to hunt for a mate, all that. Ours don't need to do that. Animal and it's used to having a winter on the other side of the equator. So you're getting animal from South America or from Southern Australia, which you can't do. But, um, you know, you're going to have an animal that's the opposite. Right. So what it happened, I don't well, like, what does it happen when you're bringing it to a climate that doesn't do what it's used to? Um, <laughs> that's why it's so much easier to buy captive bread. If you're looking at those type of animals, because you're going to either go with their schedule or try to change it. And you may have much more of a transition. You may have to wait a few more years for them to get used to that transition because you just turn their winter from summer and summer to winter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that can be a big transition for some animals. They may never breed. They may get sick, you know, all different types of things. So that definitely makes them harder to breed. But if you go with ball pythons, you're getting people breeding them all times a year. They're just starting to cycle whenever the hell they want to because they're domesticated. I mean, you're going to at some point be That's able to I'm breed saying. them we fucking can... whenever you want. Right, because it's not like the ball pythons are having to go hunt. It's not like they're having to worry about plentifulness because they're in captivity now. And yeah. so it's like they're starting to adjust accordingly, I think. Right. But I mean, you still have things that are so baked in as far as, um, you know, you're looking at uh, all the colubrids that get down so deep in the winter. So I don't think you're ever going to get away. Wait, I mean, you what? Cannot, get down so What do you mean? Meaning so deep in temperature. Oh, okay. So it's like, I mean, you can breed colubrids without brewmating them, but it's going to be a bit harder. It's just a lot easier to time if you go and brewmate them. Like the natural time they would normally brewmate. Yeah, it's just easier to work with what you already have. But over time, I could see that you know, stuff vanishes and you're going to be able to breed easy. Everyone. And, easier. you know, we talked about like snakes, like they know when brewmating, like, you know, that brewmating time's coming. Do you think eventually like that'll go away because there, there's so many times of captivity that like, or. I mean, I hope it doesn't. That makes it more confusing to me. So I'm going to keep on manipulating their environment so that I can control what's going on with mm-hmm. them. I don't think it's ever going to be to where you have a corn snake start, you know, ovulating in the middle of the summer because everything I'm doing is telling them it's the middle of the summer and not winter. Winter. Okay. Or not spring rather. Right. I'm but not do you think pounding. it will always be like, or do you, 
it will ever be like you are telling the snake everything, if that makes sense. Like right now, they're well, still I, telling I am, you. Though. They're still telling. But I thought we've talked about like like the cruising, like this the yeah. the jungles. You haven't done anything to them yeah. yet, but they start cruising. Well, uh, it gets to get, a point. They just get a hint of the coolness of the overall room temperature because it's getting a little. But bit we cooler haven't changed the temperature in the house. Right, right, but we still have the AC. So at night, if it gets under seventy four degrees, and it's under seventy four degrees because we're not, we don't have the heat kicked on yet. So okay, but I think it it maintains a seventy four. It doesn't go below or whatever. No. I mean, I don't want to get into they how really, our central air works. Do they really <laughs> notice that one degree it might go under? Yes. I don't know how. I don't. There's differences, and they know <laughs> it. And that always happened with ball pythons for me as well. So uh, they know, man. So know. we'll never be able to, like, tell them everything. If that may, Like, they will still do things. I don't know. Like I said, <laughs> okay. you it, we've only been doing this for 20 years. We're going to change it to where you can, I'm sure. But. But I'm doing that. That's why I'm not understanding because I'm know. doing that. You are, but I'm just because I'm okay. brumating and that's telling them that it's winter. But they start cru- cruising before you start brooding. Oh, so you're talking about, but I'm letting that happen too. If I wanted to fucking seal off my room and make sure it was the same temperature all the time, I they would. wouldn't cruise then. But there's more benefit. I don't know. Okay. But there's more <laughs> benefit to me to just let it do it. Okay, let me ask. Lily, bad question. Can snakes cough if water accidentally goes down their trachea? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I thought it goes uh, around or. It goes into the mouth, but I mean, what's keeping the glottis from getting water? I don't really know. But they can sneeze, she said. Yeah, they can definitely sneeze. Really? Yeah. Like. From, I've heard that. Um, I don't know. This is going to get real stupid. I don't want to make any inferences <laughs> about the snakes, but um, what the hell was I going to I wanted to talk about how we changed the way we scented the pinkies. Yes, I was just thinking that, but I want to know about this. They can sneeze? Yeah, you 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 can hear them blow like... Like snot? You don't want that. If that happens, then they have an RI, and oh, fuck. that's bad. They're like legit sick. Snot means bad. Yeah, just like it does in humans. We know we always have snot. Right, but we're like... When we sneeze, snot comes out. doesn't mean we're sick. We are to a certain degree. Oh, my fucking God. (laughs) I don't want to get into like... It's so stupid. Like, that's what I don't want to randomly go into... Holy like, bad, he doesn't like the question. You think you think you just have mucus and everything like just for fun? Like you're not. It's sick. the dirt in your body. That's what mucus is. You always have it. But you but aren't you getting it out when you sneeze? Right. Yeah. So aren't you? You're to whatever degree you're a sick one percent. Uh, okay, this is let's stop oh this. God. He's getting overly. Well, no, frustrated. it's just stupid. Why are we gonna talk about us sneezing rather Kay. than snakes? Okay, well, I was talking about snake sneezing. You right. brought it up to human sneezing, mister. Well, no, you did because you said when humans sneeze, they're not always sick. That's exactly what you said. Okay. But, um. Okay, let's wanna... talk about picky eaters and let me give the backstory and then you can give the fixing. How does that sound? So, we've had the hog, not the hog, the sun glow stripe corn snake. Who for how many how long have we had this snake now? Oh, uh, we've had her for like five months. Five months, whole five months. She like 
has been a little bitch about eating, like tried pinkies, tried tuna, you know, tried all the different things. She would only take annuls. And unfortunately, <laughs> sorry, that was really funny, Lily Bad. Sorry to anyone who downloads this later and you don't get all these great things from YouTube, but <laughs> it's funny. Um, um sorry, okay. We've had the sun glow. She's been a bitch. She only wants to eat annuls, and annuls aren't cheap. Seven dollars at uh Petco, and so we're always trying to find new ways to transition her to pinkies like all the other corn snakes. We've also had a baby uh, corn snake. Our babies. Wait, babe, click share and start over. Sorry. Uh, We have a baby corn snake who has not been eating much, but has she eaten at all? Um, Yeah, all she ate was an old tail. An old tail, so... Similar, like, just only annuls. We got to find a way to transition to this. So, okay, go for it. Okay, so how we... Well, what I tried in the past was taking the pinky and then just rubbing it around, rubbing it on the annul. So I just tried that, and it didn't work. And then... Like the belly all over the... Do you try different parts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, all over the outside of the annul. So... I tried like a lot of, or I looked at a lot of different people and I heard a few really weird things that I was like, I don't think I'm going to do that. That sounds fucking ridiculous. But, um, I ended up actually washing off the pinkies with Dawn dish soap. I know it sounds fucking ridiculous. Yes. Um, making sure after defrosting it. Yeah. Yeah. And making sure a hundred percent that there was obviously no more soap on it. And where did you get this idea from? Um, I saw it on forums, and I've heard it a couple times before, but I said that's definitely going to be the last thing it I do. It just sounds, sounds weird ridiculous. to wash so a dead apparently, pinky. Apparently what you're doing is getting the smell of all the urine and stuff off of them from when they were euthanized or whenever, when they were alive under the mom, whatever it is. And that doesn't but go away really when it dies? a really strong rodent smell. Well, the thing is you're you're dampening the smell a little bit. And then what I did was instead of rubbing it on the outside of the annul, I opened the mouth of the frozen oh, annul that? after we defrosted it. We put it in there. And yet, um, Lilypad mentioned that um, put the annul tail in the pinky, which I actually tried that too. <laughs> and that didn't work. For whatever reason, just that rodent smell, they wouldn't get over it. So once I um, wiped them off with the downy and everything and then put it downy? in. Downy? Dawn, sorry, whatever the <laughs> fuck it is. Um, then put it in the mouth of the... Of the annul. Yeah. Then for whatever reason, like that saliva that was still there, even though it was a frozen thawed annul, um, covered it in the pink. Like you could see the saliva yeah, in there. Yeah, when we were like, oh, this is going to be so gross. But like we literally pried open the mouth of the frozen thawed annul, stuck the pinky in there kind of... Twisted it around in there, good, and you could. See it was like, dri- not dripping saliva, but you know, it was, it was sticky. Stickiness. It was, <laughs> it was still sticky. So yeah. you could see it was definitely getting coated in that annul saliva. Mm-hmm. So is the, is the scent of annulness carried a lot in the mouth? I must do something because. 
nothing ever worked before, but once we went yeah. into her mouth, it works. So I don't know, because I read that someone used to have live anoles bite a, a, a frozen thawed pinky and then feed it to their babies, and that would work. So, I mean, we did it with the frozen, and that's what worked. There must be some type of good smells in there not know. like i'm trying to like dissect an anole or anything but i wonder if we like did the belly of the anole <laughs> and rubbed the what pinky I wanted in there to do really is um well if i had that uh, it would be so weird i would i would gut all the anoles that's and a- then put them in a blender basically and maybe boil them oh down God. to oh make oh to make a concentrate of whatever the fuck you know, all the anole parts and then make anole juice out of that and then use that. As gross as that sounds, I think it would actually work. Then you can just dip the pinkies in that. Dip the pinkies in whatever and then freeze a little bit. And I feel like that would be more reusable. You know, like our our anole after we did that, we were wondering like, can we reuse this because we've already defrosted it. But if you were to grind and make it into pulp so use more small bits at a time yeah really like like lily pad said um like skin the anole or something but the fact is that we need something that's more of a resource that we can go to time and time again use we again. don't want something that um you know we don't want to keep on buying anoles that's the whole point why we want them off of it so we want to find some type of way to concentrate the anole so that you know maybe we use a fourth less just dip it we in just it. need a little taste right so because we I still mean, want them to, to be about. eating mostly pinky yeah uh, and then also i mean for some people it works if you take the shed but the fact is that most lizards eat their shed and anoles eat their shed so it's hard to get the shed of the animal um so yeah or like like Mark, um, when we had him on the podcast, morning geckos don't eat their shed. But also, morning geckos take a certain amount of <laughs> money to maintain. Sorry. Gecko, gecko, you saved 15% on car insurance. You messed <laughs> up the joke because anyone uh, who's listening doesn't know what's going on. But Okay. Well, someone said anole aerosol spray. Does that exist? I've heard of that. Um, it's for use on fishing lures, but... Quite frankly, um, come back in the Instagram. I'm not. I don't trust any of my stuff to fish it. You know, when you're fishing, uh, the fish aren't digesting it directly. Plus, like people don't really care about what happens to the fish after, right? Because they're cooking it and eating it, or they're throwing it back and whatever. You know, so I don't want to feed my mouse that, but. Um, they do have a null juice from Reptilings, but quite frankly, that is like, it's like thirty five bucks, and then you also need to pay like thirty bucks shipping. No, forty bucks shipping. That's the ridiculous. Yeah, and part. then it's for a one ounce bottle, which if you're watching, it's like that big. So you pay seventy dollars, which for some for people, if you have the thing. money, go for it. But like, we can't. Well, see. you can also you can pack it in with um, rodents and stuff, so you can buy that, and I think the shipping goes down to twenty nine or twenty. Okay. Um. So I was talking but, to a Nick or Tyler, I don't remember, but but still for me, I mean, I have a rodent source that's cheaper than. That. I mean, I hate to just have price be the factor, but 
at some point price has to be the one factor, ounce so. will go through that so quickly yeah I feel yeah like. so i'm saying i would just pair it up with rodents but the fact is i get really cheap rodents where i'm at so um it's just kind of not worth it so for me. maybe okay as gross as it is, it is i'm as willing to sorry as gross as it as gross as, as, gross it, is. as it is yeah i'm kind of willing to try the boiling the right? blend wait i the missed the boiling i thought boiling. you were bl- well that's how you're going to concentrate it right because you're going to get all the I moisture out of there and make it re- i mean or you can just blend it up either way the but kind of the tuna is not concentrated is it it's just tuna right juice. but it's in there with water and eventually it all seeps in i mean it's not concentrated but tuna is 99 cents a tin so it doesn't fucking matter but i'm saying it does the the ones we have to tuna scent for it's not that concentrated and they'll still i'm not eat saying it. it has to be so, concentrated oh. i'm just saying it may make it easier for me to thaw it a little bit. I mean, I guess, uh, it, I guess then it doesn't can really use matter, the less. but I mean, do I want to have a, a water bottle full of the null parts in the, in the free? What, what do you mean? We have a freezer it of pinkies and rats. Like, what, what's the difference? But I mean, it really doesn't matter. But I mean, I was just, that was just a thought to get more use out of because it would be more of a concentrated scent. So yeah. it would probably work better with less. That's and I'd feel more comfortable freezing, thawing, refreezing just inside. Well, it would be something juice. that I would be able to just take a top, take a scrape off and just, um, <laughs> you know, what do I call defrost that little bit? So... I mean, it's just something to experiment with, but I kind of half of that idea I got from reading Bill Love's book. He okay. used to he used to grind up. Oh, I can't remember now. He used to like grind up rodents or something to bait traps for snakes. So he would grind up certain things um, in the blender to make traps. Why not for just snakes. use whole rodents? Too expensive or? Um, I think it was just more of a concentrated nasty smell, I guess, for the snakes. I forget exactly what it was, but where did he live? South Florida. Oh, makes okay. Sense. Gotcha. I was like, I feel like if we just put out freaking ground up rats outside our house or our apartment, it's not going to catch a rodent. Probably. Yeah. I don't catch the fucking armadillos that I forget. I travel forget around exactly here. Put in it, but, but yeah, when you're in Florida, you get to catch everything. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, you would still have, random rodents and stuff stealing your shit yeah it would still only be but if you're attracting rodents you're attracting snakes at the same time so was bill love really into wild cut or just trying to get something new it was the 1970s everything was everything wild, caught. wild caught. There's no gotcha. people don't realize that this culture of captive breeding just started maybe in the 90s you know that's when people really started being successful with captive breeding but i mean and then you saw the um, mutations once that got um got popular then but in these what 27 years since the 90s the shit ton of shit has happened all the shit has happened (laughs) it's pretty much the whole hobby as we know it has happened since then so think about how crazy it will be you know from there um we are reptiles uk asked again what's your favorite morph of ball python but we answered that earlier pod we said pied, and I said bananas, and someone else said dreamsicles. Ones that look like corn snakes. <laughs> Basically, because oh. we like corn snakes. You think there'll ever be a palmetto ball? Blah, blah, blah. Palmetto, I can't talk. 
It certainly exists because what you're trying to say is they're going to be a palmetto ball python, which means it's basically leucistic with dots of color throughout it. Well, it, it, um, it occurs in retics, which is obviously a python. A lot of things that occur in python species occur in other python. You know, like mm. one thing that occurs in one python will usually come out in some direction in another python. So I if disagree you're looking, with carpets, though. But if you're looking at a jaguar carpet and you're looking at a spider ball python, they're the same thing. There's going to be a little bit less melanin, and then there's only going to be neurological issues, and then the super is dead. A dead white snake. But I think so, that's one case in the ball. There's so many different ball pythons that doesn't occur in jungles. And- is that yes? Because obviously Australia is a closed door. Okay. If we were able to, we are, we're shipping in like th- hundreds of thousands of ball pythons from Africa. Mm-hmm. So of course we're gonna have more things to pick from, and then that species in general seems to be very very. Um, show a lot of variability and so you think if we had i mean total hypothetical if we had the access to jungles like we do to ball pythons we would have a lot more similar morphs no no i mean in australia they don't have much but then again i don't think they have a lot of a culture of harvesting wild caught animals i mean i don't know because just some species seem to have a different amount of variability but what i'm saying is that it's possible so anything in one python i think is possible in another python doesn't mean it has occurred maybe it did but it died right out of the egg we'd have to get lucky enough to find it and um you're definitely a lot more lucky when you're collecting fifty thousand of something than you know just a few just right so the fact is that i mean there's a cow retic which is basically a palmetto which a, a cow retic is basically leucistic but spots of color which on a retic turns out being like black spots of color which is why it's a cow i think Gotcha. I don't know 100% the genetics behind it, but basically it looks like a palmetto, just different colors. Um, I'm sure you could see that in ball pythons. I'm sure we may see it eventually, but um, hasn't happened yet. Maybe it won't ever happen. Who knows? But I'm saying it may be possible. Question. Yep. This is totally not snake related. I'm just looking at our, um, sorry, our recording. Why is it not going down when we stop speaking? Don't worry about it. It's okay. Fine. Um, Zonas, what reptile do you recommend for someone who's had snakes and reptiles for a while? That's super vague, but yeah, it's whatever you like. <laughs> if you've had if you had pets and reptiles for a while, then you should have some type of um, preference of things. It's it, really just preference. MMD buddy likes blue tongue skinks. Ugh, I can't do them. Um, they're all right. I mean, once you're getting into lizards, things with four legs just have so much more. Um, just so much more work and upkeep than put into snakes. them. Snakes are just low metabolism, easy to clean, easy to house, um, just different animals than lizards. So, I mean, that's why I keep, that's why I keep snakes. They're a lot <laughs> easier, and plus, I like them. They're but didn't you used to have? I had a skink. I mean, it was all right, but nothing, nothing amazing. I didn't gain anything out of it more than you know a snake. I mean, for snakes, I just find them so much more easier to hold and to mess around with. And honestly, there's a lot less. Um, there's consequences with lizards just because their teeth are different. So they have more tearing teeth, most lizard species. So okay. if you're looking at a lizard of decent size, um, it's definitely different. A snake is going to bite you and hook onto you and 
you know, you're not going to get much of that tearing damage, but I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at you too. Yeah. <laughs> They're just funny. Do you like milk snakes? I like milk snakes. Yes, I like milk snakes. I think we kind of like milk snakes, rat snakes, corn snakes. Colubrids, that's what they're called. Oh, excuse me. Colubrids. Well, I was just trying My to thing them up for you. My thing I'm into right now, other than white-lipped pythons, because I still want one. Yeah, until you hold them. Until I hold them, is I really like mandarin rat snakes. Yeah, I really like them, too. They are just awesome now there's other name things get that get applied i don't know all no, of it no just mandarins I know no there's about what there's i feel like there's some i've seen something else on it no okay. mandarins don't have much variability there are some like high reds high at the end of the day the high yellows they all kind of look the same okay. but they're all mandarins they're not maybe some polygenic stuff um there may be like a hypo or an albino out there somewhere i don't exactly remember but oh, i mean okay. at the end of the day there's just some animals where you don't get better with mutations like a man they're just awesome now obviously there's varying degrees of like the yellow and black i don't want to call them spots what do i even call them uh, well that saddle pattern saddle like pattern. that's what that's called. Yeah. yeah there's varying degrees of the yellow and black but i don't yeah. know just something about the mandarin rat snake is just awesome. I really want some one. Yeah, I mean yellow in anything. I mean, I I really like mandarin rats too, but Come it's just in. hard as far as um, keeping. So you can't keep them too hot. Wait, you need to keep why them are they nice so difficult? Um, a lot of the Asian colubrids, if you get them too hot, they do really bad. Oh fuck. Yeah, I don't know the exact upkeep of it. I just know that it's different from what I have now. So would which you is not even like, like yeah. put like a hot spot like? Um, I'm not sure exactly. I don't want to say because I really don't know. Okay. It may just be a lower hotspot. Honestly, I don't know. But if I did, I just know that I would have to kind of keep my room a little bit different. I, but I would, it. I would love getting like blue beauties and Chinese beauties and king rats and all the Asian colubrids because all the all the North American colubrids kind of have their own Asian counterpart. So. Oh really. Um, so things <laughs> like not directly, but I mean, there's pretty much a Japanese corn snake, which is what I, th- I think they call it. What do they call it? It's called like a Japanese. Fucking <laughs> it's called snake. a Japanese corn snake. Well, that's what we call it. But I, maybe it's a lined rat snake or no, it's not the bamboo rats. But I mean, everything has a, a pretty um, or like, yeah, Mark just said or bamboo rats, which also I love. Which are those orange ones with the black stripes down the? Oh yes, You've seen yes, them a yes, lot. yes. I like those. Yeah, yeah. What, and then I like the really dark black, a thick black line, like orange with the yes. black down them. Yeah, and then, I um, like those. What else? There's all types of Asian colubrids that are really really cool. Okay. Uh, different variant as far as what they'll take food wise, and then keeping. I mean, I really like rhino rat snakes. Don't know it. Which are really cool, but you want something that's going to be more arboreal for them. Okay. Um, you have things like paradise flying snakes, which are fucking what? crazy. Some weird Asian colubrids. You don't see and, those uh, here. Boyega, the cat-eyed snakes, uh, looking at your dendrophilus. Why are those here right? in America? Um, a lot of these are. It's just people haven't been that successful with them. 
So, I mean, there's plenty of the Jesus, of the dendros, which are those black and yellow. I can't think of the common name right now. Okay. But um, there's a whole bunch of those. The boega in general, but for the most part, they're all wild caught. Because Blue barons? Barons racers are pretty cool. Yeah. Are those they're, Asian? They're, they're kind of like rhino rats, but a little bit different. Are those Asian? No. Can't think off the top. I feel stupid. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. But um, I think I want to, I don't know, man. I, f- I feel stupid. Do you feed, knowing. okay, well, this is also super vague. Do you feed a snake once a week or twice a week? Like, you got to talk about what snake, dude. I know if you're breeding, you have to feed less during certain times, but what if you're not going to breed them? Uh, it doesn't mean anything. Um, Yeah, I don't know. But if you're not breeding, keep it the same, right? Just keep the same breeding. Like, don't change it, right? You don't change unless you're breeding and broomating and everything. Oh, oh Lord. Oh, I don't know. What the fucking snake are you talking about? I don't about? know. He needs to talk about what snake it's he's talking a, about. If it's a carpet python, then once every three weeks. If it's a corn snake, then once a week. I don't know. It all fucking depends on how old they are and stuff. But um, but some of the yeah. other, there's all types of different stuff as far as like Indonesia stuff and stuff in Borneo that. We just don't really mess with a lot. It's Do you stuff think that's people, hard to keep and hard to feed. I was about to say, is that why people haven't had so much success? Because it's just a different keeping than a lot of the other ones we have yeah, had success with? Yeah, and it's also with? people aren't willing to cater their whole collection to one animal. Or we haven't figured out what keeps that, that corn snake alive. I heard that. I just read that. Um, what keeps that snake alive? So a corn snake, if it's an adult, you can feed it every two weeks and you'll be fine. If it's a corn snake and it's younger than that, every week will be fine. So... I mean, you don't really have to worry about it too much. But um, so with that, especially like a dragon rat snake or something, no one's been successful with that, but no one's put in all the hard work. And then a lot of them never get into rodents. So it's like, oh, really? Is it ever going to be marketable? If it's if you can't feed it rodents, just like those. I really like them, but um, I forget those snakes from like Central America or um, I don't know. They're like kind of tricolored, but. Um, they're really cool, but they only eat centipedes. So Fuck it's that. like, that's cool, but no one's ever gonna want to feed it centipedes forever. Did Ooh. I say? Did I say dragon rat snake? Yeah, you did. Oh, okay, I, just I don't know sure I which right. came first though. Like I don't yeah. know if he said it or then Mark said it. I don't know what came first. But I mean, you're also looking at we only give the ones that survive are the ones that survive in tubs and shit like that. I mean, we're not giving them the full spectrum of the and survive experience. on what we want to feed them. You know, yeah, so. Mark says, me and Joe have the same brain. Yeah, I don't know which one came first, but like all those things you said. Um, someone said, what do you think about sand boas? I don't know. They're cool. I don't know how to keep them. I think you keep them a little bit hotter and drier than I keep everything else, but I really like them. But, I don't like how they look. Um, Their heads are weird little, to me. They look like they're squirrely like worms. Yeah, they look like worms. Yeah, I, I don't mean, like how worms look. Right, like the there's no defined I really head. Like, I like um, like rosy boas. I think are pretty cool, and I, I think some of the like Indian sand. I think it's an Indian burrowing python. It's pretty cool, which is pretty close to like kind of looks like a sambo in a way, but has keeled scales and a little bit more. I think there's so many cool other boas. I mean, obviously, um, boas is a very vague or big thing, but yeah, I, I just mean, think there's way cooler boas. Uh, 
Boa, and if you're looking at like boa constrictors, I mean, those are so easy to keep in comparison to a lot of the people. But I mean, people just oh, people don't know how to keep those, though. Uh, really? I feel like boa constrictor is like one of the biggest. They're one of the things. most kept, but easily one of the fattest fucking animals. They really don't have to eat as much as people. Why do people food. think that then? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that's just always what's been common knowledge in the hobby forever and ever. You know, from when I was a little kid, feed a snake once a week, didn't matter what it was. I mean, now we're realizing that, you know, snakes aren't one for one, that everything's one for mm-hmm. one. Not even all localities of different snakes are one for one. Not all snakes in the same genus. I mean, everything's a little bit different, which that is why sense. I hate. Um, it's kind of hard answering questions for different species and stuff because i find myself not being generalized in how i keep like in no way do i know much about any other snakes but exactly what what I you keep. keep because you've had that real and life plus, experience like, i don't like making assumptions based on things that i've heard or because you hear a lot of things right and the only way you can weed out is based on your own experience yeah um, Valiant said, I really want a boa, but, uh, he's been told he can, or can, or can't, I don't know if that's can or can't keep them in can. a four foot enclosure. Uh, see, I don't know. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I don't get why you can keep, you can keep a 17 foot retake in a six foot enclosure, but you can't keep a bow in a four foot enclosure. Um, there's no one for one. There's just no, uh, there's no definite answer. And I'm not saying that how anyone keeps is the right way. So I don't even know what the right way is. Um, should you give a retic 20 by 20, you know, like mm-hmm. what should a retic really have? I think it's a, a retic should have animal. a fucking huge ass thing. They're yeah. Fucking, like, and then it's like, they don't move, but maybe we're, the, we're not giving them enough room to move. I don't know. But, um, but it all depends for me. Like I can tell you what I keep a corn snake in. Other than that, man, it's up to you because some people will tell you different things. Um, they probably all work, but what do you feel comfortable doing? Okay. Oh, Two so, questions. I oh, can, that's a good one. I want to ask. Yes, but I want to do the not parents. as good one first. No. The ball python. Does it hurt? Yes. It's not the worst. I can answer this. It's not the worst one in the world. But it hurts, depending also where they bite you. Is it going to bite on a you know, vessel that fine. bleeds a lot? Like You'll be fine. You're not going to die by any means. You're not going to need you know, surgery. Right. It's going to heal. But also, no bite is fun. Cool. Baron's question. What is the difference between a Sumatra short tail and a blood python? python? So blood pythons... Um, a lot of misnomer with this one. So you're going to have your Borneo short tail pythons. You're going to have your Sumatran short tail pythons. And you're going to have your red pyth- or blood pythons. Or I think they're also considered a short tail Are these python, countries? Are these What are these names? Well, Sumatra and Borneo are countries, yes. In. So, but, but the Sumatrans <laughs> have always been imported. Um, Southeast Asia. But okay. <laughs> they've always been imported as black bloods. I don't even know what that is. Or the I'm black blood. And then you have red bloods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's that thing? Called? Yellow bone. Yellow what? bone. Red bone. Um, what, Sorry. Um. And then <laughs> the Borneos. I don't know what the hell they call those, but I mean, all I know is that you can call a red blood a blood, but 
the other ones you call Sumatran and the other ones you call so there's what's the difference well one's Curtis one's Borneensis I think and then one Someone knows a lot more than me. Yeah, about I don't this. know it's what it is. It's just silly for me to even. <laughs> you said it you wanted to answer stupid. it. No, I know, but I can tell you the general. I don't remember the Latin names for all of them, but one's okay. the Borneo. I think is Borneoensis, and the one's Curtis Curtis, and one's Curtis something else. Gotcha. I just don't remember. So, what does Black Blood mean? It's a Sumatran, but it's a misnomer. It's it's wrong. Okay, so they, you shouldn't have called them all Black Blood. Yeah, you should only call the Sumatran. That's just Black us being blood. picky. Fucking, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but just don't mix them and it doesn't really matter <laughs> just keep so Sumatras should only go to other Sumatras and Borneo should only go to other Borneos just like everything else yeah. just like everything else he doesn't like hybrids I think I think they're all oh, I don't know are they all Python Curtis uh, Curtis sounds so unlatin well, it's someone's last name. <laughs> like Borneas. put an I on the end. Yeah, you're supposed to when you make it Latin. Curtis I. <laughs> I'm sure there's a Curtis. It may even be Curtis I. Who knows? But they're just different species or subspecies. I don't fucking know. Are we getting. No, we're not getting any of those. Are we getting. A, or no, we are getting a short tail, right? I don't know if we are. I don't. Because they just are kept so much different than what I have. If I run the Colubrids like. 80 degrees i may be able to do it but then i heard louise said that once they get to a certain size you need to give them a hot spot if you want to be able to breed them the um, short tails i think it just may be too much of an adventure av- for me when i can just spend money buying more colubrids but didn't i want to buy we already spent the money on it yeah yeah but really that's just a, a donation to usr does I he only do keep short tails and there, there's no short tails that are under 200 dollars. so does he only keep short tails yeah pretty oh. much. i mean there's some okay. differentiation but he has some sumatrans i think but i don't know if he's bred them this year i mean it doesn't matter the thing is i would rather spend my money at this point on a bear's Something rat or on an Everglades or a king snake, or a Cali lavender king. king, or a Cali king. Yeah, yeah. So Cali king, Cali king. So I'll probably, uh, I just need to be. It would just be stupid for me to change courses at this point. I mean, like to throw a wrench and everything. I'll just leave it where it is right now. What we need to really focus on right now is stop getting all males <laughs> like, yeah and i mean it's we so have disheartening. a huge sausage fest going on like it just seems like when we get really excited to breed something we figure out we have two males and it just kind of sucks yeah i mean it's hard for me to say like i'm gonna keep all my jungle carpets when they're all males because it comes to that crossroads where i like I've had each of them for so long that I don't want to get rid of any of them. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it just pains me to get rid of any of them. But at the same time, they're not doing anything for me. They could be so much better for someone, someone else. Someone who has a female to breed it to. Yeah. Now, someone wants to just give us two, two females, we'll take it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Lilypad asked, what makes rainbow boas shine? Um, the zeridophores on there. In Whoa, their scales. what's a zeridophore? I don't know. It's something that they fucking bounce off the scales and make it a rainbow. But um, what were we talking? Wait, about? is a zeridophore like a a gene? Like what? I don't get. What I think saying. it's kind of like a protein, kind of like um, melanin or tyrosine or whatever the fuck that other stuff is. 
Oh, okay. Gotcha. Another stuff that's way out of my pay grade. Is I can tell you what it is, but I can't explain it. the geneticist? I mean, if you want to, but yeah. So iridescence is what happens. It's not what exists within the thing, but... um. The, right, that's the result, not the actual what's causing it. Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. So, I'm excited for this geneticist. I'm also a little scared because I feel like he's going to think I'm super dumb. Yeah, I would keep the questions to my side. Uh, okay, I'll go back to being Before a Before you're like, what does albino mean? And then it's like, no one's <laughs> I know really what albino gathering means. any. You're gathering information, well, but I want everyone else to have a good experience. I'll go back to my secretary role next <laughs> week. I mean, I'll, I'm trying to keep up. I may not drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't drink next week. We got to be like, like 100% like on um, on point with this guy because yeah. like he knows his shit and uh, biology was just never good for me <laughs> so You're not a molecular i don't do things that i can't see pretty much right but biology is everything you can see no That's no 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 as far as like gene, like the insides like i can see your uh, hair so is you brown go, you i can see inside. your eyes are blue but as far as like, like as I mean, even basic level biology, like the mitochondria and the whatever, like I can't see that, so my brain can't compute it. So that's especially good. geneticism, that's is that a word? Geneticism. Sure. So like that's definitely good. <laughs> You're definitely curious. My brain wants only likes things it can see. Yeah, I mean, you just gotta breed ball pythons and. But even that, still no, genes. I'm just okay. That's like all genes. I just don't. I don't do genes. Um, Pranker says you should do a snake collection video. We actually did. Yeah. It's called Reptile Room Tour. You did it back in what September? But actually, in uh, uh November. <laughs> That's pretty funny. MMD Sorry. buddy said yes, you can. Meaning yes, you can see it in a microscope. <laughs> Meaning I, that stuff you can see. Yeah, but you can see then it just looks like squiggly colors and uh, shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're right. I can see it. But I just, uh, inside the body, I'm like photosynthesis. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have photosynthesis. <laughs> we definitely. I was jumping to something I mean, I, don't I can't eat. see. I just Shut go up. out in the Shut sun. Up. Shut up. Holy shit. Um, this is why you can't talk next week. Okay. <laughs> I was jumping to other things I can't see. I wasn't saying we have photosynthesis in our body. I'm not that dumb. Also, Lilypad said ignorance isn't dumb. But no, I really, I just can't, I can't make my brain understand it. Yeah, I mean, some people have certain strengths. I mean, my strength isn't fucking molecular genetics, but... But we're going to try. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try my best to. Well, part of it is being stupid enough to be able to ask questions instead of like, I don't want to ask like. What is an albino? <laughs> yeah. And then like, I kind of know the, I, I don't want to ask anything that I know the answer of. So if I know the answer of it, that means like someone who is listening on the download is going to be about the same level I am. But I want to dispel some of the like hobby science of it. Okay. Meaning, like, for example, we call everything co-dominant when really it's incomplete dominant. See, I don't it's even just get that. It's a little that, bit of jargon yeah. that we fucked up. 
as well as even if we you're were talking earlier about albino versus yeah, email people <clears throat> as your voice cracks for the 15th time people in the hobby use it seems like they use email and albino interchangeably and you can't because let me see if i got oh it God. albinoism is the lack of all pigment yes got it uh, amelanistic is the lack of melanin which is black pigment mm -hmm. so all albinos are also amelanistic no no all yes all of our albinos that we call albinos are actually amelanistic so if but you're oh because there's no true albino in if you're looking at like a ball python it still has yellow so so there's no true a melanistic which means it lacks melanin, the, black, the black right there's yeah. no true albino in snakes is what you're saying uh, see i'm not sure where the lines drawn for leucism and albinism i i could tell you in snakes that your albinos are going to have red eyes, right? And then your Lucy's, a lot of them, there's some black-eyed Lucy's out there, but they're rarely ever completely white. See, this is something I want to ask him, but you're going to tell me I can't ask him the difference between al albinism yeah. and leucism. Yeah. This is something that we don't fully understand. I'd love to ask him, but you're going to tell me it's too dumb. <laughs> yeah, because I could Google it. What I'm trying to do is, like, get stuff specific to the hobby so i want to dispel the whole palmetto thing and start from the ground and go from the ground up yeah there you <laughs> go. so i just <laughs> <laughs> okay well everyone listening if you're gonna be listening next week get your non-dumb genetics questions take ready your medication take <laughs> your medication <laughs> don't drink alcohol <laughs> i they're all 14, so they can't. <laughs> they can't anyway. But they sure are on a good dose of what do you of Adderall, I'm well, sure. We're gonna have to reduce the kinkiness of oh, our yeah. normal things. We have a very serious man coming on or calling in. Also, you won't be able to give him a nickname because he's just calling. That's true. I mean, um, he still could if you wanted to, I guess. Uh, Lilypad, get your genetics questions. Um, <laughs> And it's going to be a serious one until I ask a dumb question. Because it's going to happen. There's yeah. going to be one dumb question I ask. turn off your mic. <laughs> oh, okay. He's going to turn off my mic. Gotcha. <laughs> See, Faint can drink in two years. Not when you come to America to visit uh, Lilypad. You can't. Uh -huh. Oh, someone's 22. Someone's close to our age. Cool. There you go. That makes me feel better. Black-Eyed Lucy is a black-eyed leucistic? Yep. Lucy's just sort for leucistic. I feel like when Ryan was talking about a lot about his retics and stuff, he Lucy. said Lucy a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'll see some parts of the hobby like some abbreviations, other parts. Yeah. I don't know. We all have our own little circles to where things get normal. So, oh, so just puppy. like Amel got normal in corn snakes and people stopped using albino, it hasn't really come across in other places. Um, ball pythons, a lot of people call hypo ghost. When I guess technically it's a hypo, but hypo is kind of a made up thing for snakes. So hypo what? means less than, <laughs> meaning less melanin. So it means there's a less black in it, which could mean. Oh, a that's what things. hypo meant. Oh, I was so wrong. By by <laughs> technicality, but then again, we use it to use um, that ball python morph to where 
it seems like there's like a white film over the snake. It's like it's about to be in shed all the time. That's the only way I can explain that's it. That's what to hypo you. means. Ooh, I um, thought hypo meant exactly. I like, thought hypo meant really bright colors. Hyper like, hyper melanistic means oh. more. I mean, fuck it doesn't fucking. That's what I'm saying. Like all the terms are pretty much wrong and were made up. So I mean, that's things to talk about. Um, prank pranker the streams. These are at. Um, Mondays at 6 p.m. Central, Central time. time. So, so wherever you, your time. yeah, if you live in California, oh, yeah, I was right. If you live in California, then it's 4 o'clock. I don't know why I hit you. Sorry. Got real excited. What was that? Did you hear know. that? Was that Dixie? Look, now Dixie can get it all the way. Say hi. Oh, my God. Well, people who are on the download can't see the dog in the live oh, stream. Oh, shit. So. Sorry. <laughs> Respect their Respect patience. people downloading later who can't see go. Dixie. Okay. Thank you guys so much for watching. What do you have See to how say? easy it is to end it when there's not another person? He's so willing to when it's just us to end the podcast. <laughs> like, I didn't even have to say let's end it. All I but said I was okay. You, you knew what I meant by okay? Yeah. Oh, it's so easy. This is nice. Yeah, plus we don't have any more beer. If we had, like... All we have is a six-pack to split between the two of us. So beer is the only thing that keeps the podcast going? Well, it definitely <laughs> lends to my attentive, well, or unattentiveness, willingness to talk. Whoa, Valiant, uh, the podcast is at 12.30 p.m. Yeah. I thought it? it's like I thought it was in the morning. Thought one time it was like five a.m. and she, he was up. No, I don't know, that but was probably Australia. I'm gonna stop calling him Valiant. His name's Paris. 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 What okay. morph is that snake? That was a dog, I think. <laughs> Bye, Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Lily Pad. You. What'd she say? The onions for the dog, or she's gonna oh roast Dixie. God. You said you're gonna roast or feed her to the <laughs> to the olive python, so she's gonna roast Eater, be Dixie. Eaten. Dog eat dog. Ha ha. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's hopefully get, or it'd be really exciting that next week it will actually be like our 2,000 subscribers special thing. Yeah, like, all we have to do is get seven follower, uh, a follower and subscriber. You're struggling to even see, say that. A subscriber uh, a day. Can we do yes, it? Yes, one subscriber a day yeah, for we're the next week. Probably at week. the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, Lily Pad says we have to call her Rebecca if we call him Paris. Yeah, but Lily no, Pad is Lily great. Pad, I like that. Valiant is just weird. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Wow. It's weird. Well, I wasn't gonna like, put, you know, gonna make it personal, but I mean, okay. Sorry, I I broke up our ending. Um, yes, let's get seven subscribers for the next thing. We could get to. What are you even talking about? So we have two thousand subscribers Were by you the just next trying podcast. Trying to put that into the ether to make it happen. Yes. Is that what speak it into existence? Oh, well, yeah, we do believe in the secret here. That's why we in the secret. Yeah, the secret. That's what you were just talking about. What the fuck is the manifesting it by saying it? Remember, the secret is you have to like put up shit on your vision wall. And then if you look at it every day, it will become clear. What? (laughs) It was a book like back in the day. That's I mean, it's pretty much all. Did you read this book? No, I mean, I think my mom did. I think I listened <laughs> to the audio, but it's I like you have to, people, uh, you need to take actionable steps to manifest the <laughs> secret. Okay. So it's like you can have a house on your bulletin board, but if you keep 
the same job all the time and never make any more money, then it's like, how are you going to manifest your secret? This is ridiculous. Oh, no, it was just all bullshit. Lily Pad says Scientology. Um, (laughs) Sounds like. Okay. Like, comment, subscribe. Port City Pythons on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Tell your friends. Next week, geneticism. Yeah, you can't even say it. Can't even say it. (laughs) No beer. Uh, Adios, amigos. Coffee. Lots of coffee. (laughs) Okay.